We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your job more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by the amount of choices there are when you're shopping for something, whether you're looking for cereal or even just like when I'm in the grocery store and I'm looking for peanut butter, why are there 30,000 peanut butters to choose from? There are so many options and it's really hard to know what's the best for you. But that's why when it comes to finding skincare products that actually work, I can feel even more overwhelmed. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone feels like they know what's best for your skin. There's so many different products out there. What's different from this cleanser than this one? It's just really confusing. Apostrophe offers access to prescription treatments for all type of acne. So hormonal acne, to facial acne, even back, chest, or butt acne. So treat breakouts from head to toe. We have a specialized deal for our audience. So get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash manifest when you use our code manifest. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. Again, to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash manifest and click get started. Then use code manifest at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Manifest with Tori Simone. I'm your host, Tori Simone, and we have not had an episode where I just chat with you guys about whatever we want to talk about today. It's like our own shenanigans with Sheena Shea, except it's with Tori Simone, and we're not talking about Scandaval, except maybe we will in a little bit, but... Anyway, hi guys. Happy Monday to anyone that might be new here. Hello, my name is Tori D. Simone, um, and this is my weekly podcast. Every Monday we have a new episode. So I have not done a life catch up in quite some time. I feel like the last time I did a remotely like chatty episode was in the fall and so much has changed since then. Um, but also nothing at all has changed since then. And I feel like that is just the, the way of life. Like whenever I see someone that I haven't seen in a while, my first question or even just to anyone, um, is what's new. And a lot of the times I, don't personally have anything to share of like what's new and to that response to myself and when others also have like I don't really have anything new going on I always say no news is good news um so I'm kind of in that like no news is good news I have nothing yet I have a lot of things so I just feel like we haven't chatted and caught up in a while so that's what I wanted today's episode to be um and I also have a lot of new listeners. The show just keeps growing each week and it makes me really happy to have new listeners and I just love it. So I just felt like it would be nice to kind of get readjusted and talk about what's going on in life and there's no like major life updates. I feel like whenever we have an episode that's like life updates, it's about something big or dramatic or a milestone being crossed, but honestly, life 
isn't always about milestones and sometimes it just happens. So that's what today is. We're just going to chit chat and um, catch up as girls do because that's that's what we do here. So um, I guess I can just dive right in because this whole episode is about life updates. So to anyone that's new here or maybe you just haven't gotten acclimated in a while, hi, my name's Tori, Tori DeSimone. Um I'm 25 years old and I'm based in Philly. My birthday is uh, coming up. It's in April, so I'm almost 26, which is wild. I'm not going to sit here and talk about age because that's boring to listen to, honestly. Um, But that's just my general basis about me. I'm based in Philly. I've always lived in Philly. I grew up around the suburbs of Philly. I'm still here. Tried to leave a few times and I keep making my way back. And that's actually been a great, we can go, this whole episode is going to be a lot of tangents. So just get ready. That's been like a crazy paradigm is moving because I'm at the age where everyone's at a different like path in their 20s, right? And I will see some people from high school that have moved and they seem like they love it. And then I see people that haven't moved like me. I haven't really left my hometown or where I grew up or like the area. And I always feel really sound in my decision because I also live a life of free will. And if I wanted to move, I could. And I've always just chosen to not because I really do like where I where I live. Like we have all the seasons here and it's close to the beach. It's close to three major cities. Like I'm really close to Philly. I'm really close to New York. I'm really close to DC. I can get to the beach. I can go to the mountains. Um, I just, it's comfortable and I liked it. The only thing that I don't like about this area is how cold the winters get. And it's not that bad in comparison to... Like my boyfriend was just snowboarding yesterday in Vermont and he was saying like it it was like zero degrees at the top of the mountain. Like it's just it's so cold. So compared to other parts of the country, yeah, it doesn't get as cold, but it still gets cold. I don't like the cold. Um, so I do wish like in the winters I could just like live in Arizona or something and maybe I will one day, but for now I'll just continue to bitch about it until I decide to change it. But Anyway, back to what I was saying, whenever I see people from like high school or that I grew up with or just old friends that have moved, I, that's really the only time that I begin to like question myself of like, should I be moving? But then I immediately think, no, I don't, I don't want to move because I don't want to move away from my family, honestly. Like that, that really is what it is. And, um, if my parents moved, I'd probably move too. Um, but I just want to be near my parents. Like I just want to be near my family and my sister lives on the other side of the country. So she lives in Idaho and we visit, um, as often as we can. It's just obviously far from Pennsylvania, but we love it out there and we visit there quite a lot. So yeah, that was my first tangent of the day is (laughs) location wise. Um, but I guess we can also kind of talk about living situation for a little bit, because I know that this is something very different. And I discuss this on my 2023 recap episode where the episode is titled, I didn't see that in my 2023 bingo card. And I'll link that episode below if you guys want to listen. Also, I want to apologize for my voice. I'm recording this on a Sunday and I had like a very active weekend, which I never have like a crazy social event weekend. I'm normally pretty chill on the weekends, but I had um, an event Friday night and 
a dinner Saturday. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but it was a lot for me. And then I also taught doubles on both Friday and Saturday, which I normally also don't do. So it was just like a lot vocally. (laughs) So my voice, when I lose my voice, it just gets lower in octave. So I might sound bored in this episode. I'm not bored. I just like I'm in a lower range today of my voice. Okay. Um, anyway, but let's talk about like living situation for a little bit, because if you guys listen to my 2023 recap, then you do know this, but you might have skipped that. So you might not know. Um, I'm currently living at my parents' house, which I talked in lengths about in that episode, but I've been here since November. Um, so it's been about four months and I have to say, I just, I love it. So I'm here at my parents' house because to make a very long story short, my rent was just getting raised um, quite a lot. And I was talking to my two friends that live in New York and I was like telling them this and they were like, oh my God, like it's not even like the, that's like such like compare comparatively to major cities, what my rent was going to go up to is like a good deal for what I was going to get. But when you put into context that it's literally in the suburbs and it's five minutes down the road from my parents' house, like I'm not paying that. Like it's a whole mortgage and then some to rent either a townhouse or an apartment. Like it's just not, it's not okay. Like and I, I wrote out a script actually for another episode that I might record today or later this week, but it's pretty much about how the abundance of choice is like fucking us essentially. Like we have so many options to choose from that it debilitates us from making any choices at all. And I think that's why a lot of people feel stuck in their life or like they're constantly questioning their life's decisions and directions because we see the comparison of what others our age are doing. And then we think like, well, could that be better suited for me when 20, 30, 50 years ago, we, we weren't fed so much comparison. And like, that's a whole other episode. What I'm getting at, um, how did I get here and how do I get out? How did I get here talking about this from a living situation? What I'm getting at is that the housing market where I, I can really only talk about where I live is it's wild. It is just wild. When when people traditionally could not afford to buy a house, you could always have the option to rent. But now renting is just as much, if not more expensive than a mortgage payment. And that just doesn't seem right, honestly. And not to mention buying a house is a huge investment. And I think it has just become a milestone for so many people that we've almost become like, that's the word I'm like glazed over is what I'm coming, what's coming to mind, but it's not the word I'm looking for. Like almost numb to how big of a purchase a home is. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. 
If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things that I love about Indeed is that as soon as I know what position I'm looking for exactly, I can just put it on Indeed, sponsor the job post, and I get quality candidates really fast. And all of the candidates that I get are really qualified for the job, and I've hired many of them before. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. So join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your job more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by the amount of choices there are when you're shopping for something, whether you're looking for cereal or even just like when I'm in the grocery store and I'm looking for peanut butter, why are there 30,000 peanut butters to choose from? There are so many options and it's really hard to know what's the best for you. But that's why when it comes to finding skincare products that actually work, I can feel even more overwhelmed. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone feels like they know what's best for your skin. There's so many different products out there. What's different from this cleanser than this one? It's just really confusing. So finding skincare products that actually work for you is really complicated, but that's why I'm really excited to partner with Apostrophe, the sponsor of this episode. Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin. So whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring, Apostrophe will help you love the skin that you're in. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with a dermatology expert team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin. Through Apostrophe, you can get access to oral and topical medications that use clinically proven ingredients to help clear acne. All you do is you go online and you fill out an online consultation about your skin goals and medical history. You take a few selfies and then you send that on their way so that a dermatology provider will create a customized treatment plan just for you. Apostrophe offers access to prescription treatments for all types of acne, so hormonal acne to facial acne, even back, chest, or butt acne, so treat breakouts from head to toe. For me, I have always been really blessed with having really nice skin, but lately I learned that I broke my skin barrier, and since doing that, my skin has been acting up, and I turned to Apostrophe to get help. I had no idea what products to use. I had no idea what to do, and Apostrophe's team saved me. They helped me put on like a regimen for my skin and my skin is clearing up and it only took a week for it to begin to clear up. And I'm so grateful. We have a specialized deal for our audience. So get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash manifest when you use our code manifest. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. Again, to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash manifest and click get started. Then use code manifest at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode.
So like for me, I definitely want to purchase a house, but I'm not in any rush to do so. And I also don't want to pay these insane rent payments just to be like five minutes down the road from my parents, just to say that like I live on my own. So I'm currently with my parents right now to save up money to buy a house. But like I said, I'm really not in any rush to leave. If the rent rates went back down to a reasonable rate where it's like this makes sense, I'd probably move out to an apartment. But honestly, they don't make sense. Like charging like $2,500 for a two bedroom apartment in the suburbs is it's insane. And the fact that I'm even saying that out loud and like justifying like, you know what, like maybe like that's crazy. It, It really is just so crazy. So if the rates went back down, I'd probably move out. But I really, I don't, I don't want to spend that much money every month on an apartment that's five minutes away. Like I, I don't see the need of doing that. So I'm really happy to be at my parents and to be saving money for a house and for a down payment eventually. But that's the other thing. It's like, I don't know where I want to buy a house. I don't know where I want to move. And I also am not like chomping at the bit to get out and rent an apartment because I live at the beach for four months of the year. So wherever I move, it's always like, now I just have somewhere that sits empty for four months and I'm just paying that. You know what I mean? So I'm not in a rush to leave. Like I'm really grateful that I have my parents that will take me in and house me. And I have such a great friendship and relationship with my parents. I'm I'm really, really, really lucky And I also was watching an episode of the Kardashians and like Scott was going on some dates and the one girl that he was on a date with was like, yeah, I still live with my parents. And Scott was like, if I had my parents around, like I would live with them as long as I can. And it definitely has brought a whole new sense of gratitude because this is probably the last time in my life that I'll live with my parents. And I just feel really grateful to have the family to, to live with and that I have this chance because I, I might not ever have it again. Like that next house I buy might be, you know, the house that I stay in for the rest of my life or for the next five years or 10 years or two years, you, like you never know. So I'm, I'm just really grateful. And I have a, I have a great setup here. I should honestly film like a little TikTok of it, but, um, the whole upstairs is pretty much like an apartment. So I have, you know, my bedroom, I have a living room, I have an office, which is where I record my podcast. I have a kitchen up here. I have my own bathroom, like I, it's, it's really nice. So it really is like my own little apartment. And I was just downstairs having breakfast with my mom and we were making jokes. My mom's like, you have it so good here. I'm like, I can't complain. Like I have it so good here. And I was like, do you want me to leave? Like I can, I can move out. And she was like, no, we really like having you here. So it's, it's just happy. And I just feel good. And I feel very at peace. And Um, I, I talk about this to hopefully normalize it for a lot of people that listen, because I think there's like a, a message where it's like, oh, if you live with your parents after graduation or in your twenties or, or honestly, any time in your life that it's like a giant step backwards or like you're, you're not financially sound or you're failing or you're not where you should be. And yeah, I definitely thought that until I moved in myself and I was like, you know what? Like 
it's it's not that at all. You can you can listen to whatever narrative serves you and feeds you and you subscribe to, but for me it it's just really nurturing and it's really financially smart and I'm really happy to be here and just know that like you could be any age and if you have the family to move in with and and have a good relationship with and a friendship with and it's it's really just one of the biggest blessings I could ask for. So I'm home and I'm really happy to be here and I'm sleeping really well because like there's it, there's nothing beats sleeping at your parents' house. Like I sleep so well because I'm not afraid that like someone's going to come in the middle of the night and kill me, <laughs> honestly. Like whenever I was sleeping alone at my houses, I didn't really feel this way in my apartment. I felt very safe when I lived in an apartment, but when I live in like houses and stuff, I have always felt like scared to go to sleep at night. Um, but here I I feel really safe. So, um, I'm sleeping really well (laughs) and yeah, I, I just really love it. So that's, what's up with me. I'm living at my parents until I buy a house, but I'm really in no rush. Um, there's a lot of factors that I want to kind of align before I buy a house. I definitely want to know where I want to live because I have no idea where I want to live. Like I said, I like this area, but um, I could also want to move and I don't know. I, I, I have like an idea of where I want to live in my mind, but there aren't any houses that have really come up that I'm I'm in love with yet. Um, and it's also, a, it's a huge commitment. Like buying a house is not cheap. It's not cheap. And like, yeah, I could, I could buy a nice house and, you know, put a good down payment down, but like, then I would be like kind of broke. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to not have any money in the bank and I, I want to keep being smart with my money and having a, a nice down payment and a chunk of change and be able to put money in investments accounts and savings accounts and stuff like that. So yeah, it's not something just to gawk at and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to buy a $500,000 house. Like, do we hear ourselves? Like we are I'm 25 years old and I'm supposed to be able to afford a $500,000 house right now. Are you kidding? Like, and, but that's, what's so crazy is like, that's, that's the state of the economy right now where it's almost like that should be expected. Like you should be able to afford that, but that's a whole other conversation of like this like mini recession that we're in. It's just so crazy. So yeah, anyway, I'm not going to dive into that because that's not fun for anyone to listen to. But that's just like my living situation right now. And I'm loving it. And I'm really grateful for it. And um, it's it's been awesome. So yeah, maybe I'll do a TikTok tour. Um, all right. Another thing I wanted to catch you guys up on and chat about was my yoga teacher training. Um, I talk about this quite a lot and I never did like a full recap on it. And I don't think I will do a full recap on my yoga teacher training, but I wanted to chat about it a little bit. Cause I know a lot of you guys had questions about it. Wanted to hear my experience about it. And I figured this would be a great time to do it. So I recently went through and graduated a 200 hour yoga teacher training and um, I'm Yoga Alliance certified, and it was um, a great experience. So it was 200 hours, and we did it um, kind of untraditionally because it was a very small group. So we did it during the week, and we knocked out those 200 hours in about three months. So it was definitely like an accelerated kind of program, 
And I learned so much about not only yoga, but about myself. And I have come out of yoga teacher training thirstier than ever for more knowledge and hungrier than ever for more knowledge of yoga. And now I feel like I've just been taking any opportunity that I can to continue learning, to um, go on. Well, I haven't gone on any retreats since I've graduated, but I have a retreat coming up like a mini one that I'm attending and I'm so excited to attend. Um, And I just want to keep learning, learning, learning as much as I can. I'm really interested in Ashtanga. I just want to learn more about it truthfully and maybe begin to practice it. It intimidates me a lot because it seems so strict. And that's also the thing with yoga that kind of does get to me if I'm being honest is like, I'm really not the strongest with arm balances and inversions. And part of me feels like this giant imposter syndrome of how could I teach a yoga class and not even be able to do an arm balance or a handstand or things like that. But then the other part of me is like, okay, I, I, I truly know that that has nothing to do with yoga and what yoga really is. And I think that was my favorite part of yoga teacher training is learning about the philosophy of what yoga is, the eight limbs of it, the yamas, the niyamas, the sutras, um, the stories, how deep it goes, the culture of it. That to me is the most interesting. And now as a teacher where I'm instructing yoga classes, that's where I'm having the hardest time connecting the philosophy and like what yoga really is to the workout that it's become in our Western society. Which question, I was listening to a yoga podcast of these two people that live in Australia and they were also calling it Western. They're like us Westerners, but they're in Australia and we're in North America and we also call ourselves Westerners. And this sounds very similar to a TikTok that I posted when I said, why is Illinois considered the Midwest when it's literally not in the middle and it's not in the West of the country? And I got flamed on TikTok for that. So here I am being brave yet again, posing a similar question. Why does Australia and North America call itself a Western country? Because to me, Australia is like the down under where it's like, if I'm looking traditionally at a map, it's in the Southern hemisphere to the right, which is to the East. So like, please help me because I, I, this is a genuine question. Anyway, moving on. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, starlight therapy to EMF management and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge 
products help you naturally address the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. I loved sauning and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want to sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes um, lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so hot and uncomfortable, but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with a sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide in rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges, and they have a 12-month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com manifest. Tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben. Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. What's up, everyone? It's Tana Mojo, and we're still canceled. Our podcast, Canceled with Tana Mojo, is back, and my favorite clean girl, Brooke Schofield, is by my side. We've grown up ever so slightly since our last episodes, and we're so excited to dive back into what's going on in our personal lives, gossip about pop culture, talk about lessons we continue to learn, and bridges we continue to burn. It's going to be wild, hilarious, and probably a little bit messy. So pause whatever show you're listening to right now and go follow Canceled with Tana Mojo on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. So you don't miss out on your weekly dose of chaos as we laugh at each other, laugh at our own lives, and maybe even give you a little advice along the way. Woohoo! The biggest disconnect or challenge I should say that I'm having when it comes now to instructing classes is that I I want to do the practice of yoga, the eight limbs of yoga, the philosophy of yoga justice by like really intertwining the two, um, the philosophy and with the meaning of it into the actual practice and like the poses and the asanas. I always feel like such an imposter when I say like the Sanskrit words of things because I'm like, who am I to say that? Like I'm probably even saying it wrong. Like 
I just sound like I'm a wannabe. I'm a, I'm a try hard, all these sorts of things. Like I'm just, I really kind of beat myself up about it because I just hold yoga to such a high regard that it's almost like, who am I to teach it? And do I even, I, I don't even scratch the surface of like the honor and the privilege that it is to study yoga and teach yoga and things like that. Um, but I know that as a teacher, one thing I really want to do is link the two. You guys get what I'm trying to say. I really want to link the two and I feel like I'm not doing it justice and I want to continue to explore how to link the two because I feel like I just get really caught up in class of, I want to give people a good workout so that they enjoy the practice of yoga and can hopefully dive deeper themselves. But I also want to be almost like a, a gateway to them to where they see a peek inside of what it's really about and, and learn more into it. So yeah, it's, it's interesting and it's been really cool to learn about and dive deep into. And yoga teacher training was amazing. If you are considering it, um, people ask me a lot, like, do you think I should do it? I feel like I'm not very good at yoga or it's, you know, it's a big time commitment. Like what are your thoughts? It's a big investment. Um, everything, of what I just said is true. It is a big time commitment. I did a 200 hour in-person training, but I also know that there are 200 hour self-study online trainings. Um, You can also do it at a studio where they do like a 90 hour in person and then 120 hours are experience or homework or things like that. Um, Sorry if you guys just are watching the video and you guys just saw me do a big pause or you're listening and now I'm going on a tangent. There is like kids outside playing basketball and one of them just like screamed bloody murder. And I thought it was one of the dogs downstairs, but it was one of the kids outside just like playing with their friends. Anyway, um, which is so funny because my parents, like the house that I'm living in now is not the house that I grew up in. My parents moved um, like right before COVID they moved. And so this is like a new, I've never lived in this house. So this house is more of like an empty nester community. And there's no kids at all in this neighborhood, except for the house, like directly across from us, which is so funny because my parents like moved to get out of like a family neighborhood and we moved right across from kids. So I just find it funny. They're really nice kids. They're like very well behaved, but I just find it ironic and funny that my parents moved out of a kid, kid neighborhood. And into like a, an adult only kind of neighborhood. And then the only kids in here are like right across the street from us. I just find it funny. Anyway, um, yoga tea training. It's definitely a big time commitment. So be ready for that. Like I, when I was in it from October to December, it really did consume my whole life. Like I worked in the mornings and then it was yoga in the afternoons. And it was like that pretty much every day. Um, the investment, my program was $2,000, which is a big investment, but it was absolutely, in my opinion, worth it for me. And, um, I do know some programs that offer scholarships. I don't have any to like list off the top of my head, but if that's something you're interested in looking for like a yoga scholarship, you can absolutely do that. Um, and in terms of like being quote unquote good at yoga, Yoga is for everyone. You do not have to be good at the poses to partake in a yoga teacher training. You also don't have to want to teach yoga to partake in a yoga teacher training. The way my program was set up was 
we learned the um, Power Baptiste format and sequence. So we spent a good amount of time learning that sequence. And that's now what I teach is the is Power Yoga. Um, we learned that sequence and we spent a lot of time learning that sequence and um, studying it and learning how to teach it. So if you really truly don't want to teach yoga, I would see how like the program I did might be frustrating because it's like, okay, I, I don't want to teach it. So why are we spending so much time learning a sequence? On the flip side, I do see the benefit of doing that as well because you might go into it with that, with the intention of not wanting to teach. And then you learn the sequence so well that it's like, you know, I, I, I do leave feeling like I could teach this. Um, but if you really know that you don't want to teach yoga, I feel like you could learn the philosophy of yoga in free ways, such as podcasts, books. There are so many amazing yoga books. If you want to learn about the philosophy of yoga and really what yoga is, I would recommend reading the Yamas and the Niyamas by Deborah Adele. It is, um, the Yamas and the Niyamas are the first two limbs of the eight limbs of yoga. Think of limbs as like categories. Yoga is an umbrella term. And then there's eight categories underneath that. And the first two are Yamas and Niyamas, um, which are pretty much just like ethics and guidelines of how to live your life in a yogic lifestyle. Um, I won't go too deep into that because I don't want to bore you guys, but if you're not interested in this, um, but if you are just interested in that, like you can definitely learn more about what yoga is without going through a yoga teacher training. But if it's something that you really want to invest in and learn more about, I couldn't recommend it more. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to move on from that just so that the people that don't care can get some, some more perspective on other things. Um, or I should say more chats on other things. Something that I want to talk about was the direction of this podcast. And I've been bringing this up a lot. I've kind of been like throwing out that I'm going to do new series soon. And then I don't put them out there. And it's because I just keep working through these ideas. Like I have them solidified and then I don't get them out there. So I want to get your thoughts on a couple things. Um, Thoughts on the podcast direction. I love this podcast and I will literally never stop podcasting. You will have to rip this microphone away from me in order to stop podcasting. That is how much I love it. But I also want to make sure that I'm like scratching the itch that you guys want from this podcast. So I asked on my TikTok what it is that you want. Like, do you want solo episodes? Do you want guests? Do you want series? Like, what do you guys want? And I was very pleasantly surprised and happy to find out that you guys really like the solo episodes, as do I. I have said this so many times, but I am someone that when I'm listening to a podcast and they only have guests on, I tend to not listen to that podcast as much because I'm listening to a podcast because the host appeals to me. And then when the host doesn't talk about themselves or doesn't talk about topics that I'm interested in them knowing or they just don't talk about the topics that I want to know about them. That's when I'm like, well, why am I listening? Because like I could, you know, get a guest 
I could listen to your guest on any anyone else's show because they all just do the rounds. And like, I, I just keep hearing the same people on podcasts and like, I just want to hear about the host. So I'm really happy to hear that you guys also have the same thing and you guys want solo episodes. Like for me, for example, with the Skinny Confidential, I really only listen when they do solo episodes. Some of my favorite podcasts, like unless they have a really good guest on, someone that I am really interested in, I pretty much always skip the guest episodes because I just want to hear what the hosts have to say. There's a few podcasts like the Joe Rogan podcast where his whole podcast is literally about other people that if the guest is interesting, I'll listen to it. But even like Andrew Huberman, I really want to know, like, I want to know about him and like his studies and his, his, um, perception and breakdown of the journals that he, you know, reviews and talks about, like, that's really what I want to, what I want to know. So I'm really happy to hear that you guys like how the Monday episodes are formatted. Um, I also would love to just add like three elements to the show. So let me know what you guys are thinking. Number one, I would love to release like a weekly yoga flow where we do a yoga flow that's like 10 minutes that you can do every single day. Um, I have like a concept behind that and I'm trying to decide in this moment if I want to go into that concept or not. I don't think so. I'm not really feeling called to elaborating too much on it, but the essential concept behind that is you never return back to your mat the exact same way that you were yesterday. So even if you have a set series of poses, you're always going to get a different experience out of that set of poses because you're a different person today than you were yesterday. I'm a different person right now than I was five minutes ago. And that's just how it works. Um, so I've been toying around with releasing like a weekly yoga flow that's 10 minutes to start your morning to get energy moving. And it would just go in um, junction with whatever it is we talk about on a Monday manifest episode. So for example, if we're talking about my wellness routine, we could then have a, a yoga flow where it's like, this is good for moving energy through your body. It's good for, you know, jumpstarting your week or jumpstarting your day. Like it would be in conjunction with what we kind of talk about in that episode. Um, another example is if we do a, an episode on comparison, then we could have a yoga flow that's about not comparing the two sides of your bodies, things like that. When I say two sides, I mean the right side and the left side, the masculine and the feminine, um, side of your body things like that. So I've been toying around with that and I would probably release it on TikTok, Instagram, and the Manifest with Tori Spoon YouTube channel. So I've been toying around with that, something that I definitely want to do. And let me know if you guys would be interested in that. They would be free. The second thing that I want to release are mini podcast episodes that are like one minute to 10 minutes. And these podcast episodes, this is the thing that I don't know what it is that I want to talk about. I love what I talk about on the show. That's why I really like it. However, there are, just like with anything, there are peaks and valleys, highs and lows of when I feel really motivated and then when I don't feel really motivated. And I worry that if I commit to like a mini daily podcast episode, even if I batch record the episodes, I'm going to lose the the zest of what it is that I'm talking about. Like, I don't want to overdo it. Here's what I was thinking. Like we could read, um, 
either like some yoga books together or just read these concepts that are really like, like Brianna Wiest has really amazing conceptual books that we could just pull out of and talk about or like how I'm reading the creative act right now, Rick Rubin's book, which I'm obsessed with. Um, we could just talk about, you know, things in his book and like break it down and make it applicable to my life, to your life. And, you know, we walk away kind of with like a, almost like a mini life lesson every day. That sounds great, but I'm also like bored thinking about it because not every day I feel really, really good and like spiritual and sound and at peace. Like there are days where I just feel like flustered and frantic and I'm like, oh my God. So then I don't want to have like this series where it just sounds like I always have my life together because that's just not the fact of the matter. So I don't know. I really want to do some sort of daily mini podcast show. I just don't really know what it looks like yet. So I'm just, I'm still working on that and I'm still brainstorming that. The third thing that I'd love to add to the show are daily journal prompts. I journal every morning and I would love to provide daily journal prompts for you guys as the listeners so that you guys could also journal every day. Um, kind of more on this in a little bit, but I, I've just been sort of thinking about this, but these are like the three things that I've been thinking of to elaborate with this show. So let me know what you guys are thinking. I would love to know. Okay. I'm going to move on from the podcast. Um, I have an announcement that is really exciting and I have not yet announced it. When you guys are listening to this episode, what, what day even is it? What day is today? That is the question. Today is the 25th, you guys are listening to us on the 26th. I am announcing this either on Wednesday, the 28th or Thursday, the 29th. So you guys are getting the exclusive tea right here, right now before Instagram, which is where I announce things. Um, if you guys don't know, I own Spin and Fitness Studios. I have one location in the suburbs of Philly in a town called Phoenixville, Um where we offer spin, bar, box, TRX, yoga, Pilates, hot Pilates, hit classes, strength training, things like that. And then I have two locations down at the Jersey Shore in Sea Isle, and it's also called Stride. And um, I have two locations because one offers just spin, and then a second location a block away offers yoga and Pilates. The reason it's a block away is because I couldn't add more space in my spin studio. I'm kind of tapped out in space there. So another space became available last summer and I signed a lease on that. So now I have two locations in Sea Isle. Well, in January, I woke up on, I can actually tell you what day. It was Tuesday, January 9th. I woke up on Tuesday, January 9th and I said, I need a yoga space in Avalon, New Jersey, which is one town away from Seattle City, New Jersey. And at the Jersey Shore. So I texted my realtor and I said, do you know of any spaces in Avalon that I could open a yoga studio in? And he got back to me. He said, I actually do. So I went down that Friday to three days later. I went down that Friday to go check out the space. I loved it. Um, And then a week later, I signed my lease and I got the keys. So I am so excited to announce that Stride Sea Isle is expanding and opening a third location down at the Jersey Shore at uh, in Avalon, New Jersey. And I'm so 
excited. So it is going to be yoga and Pilates in Avalon, New Jersey. And it is opening really soon. Um, It's opening probably in April. I don't yet have the exact specifics, but I could not be more excited. We are offering amazing classes that I, I really can't wait for. We are going to be offering, um, obviously, yoga, all different types of yoga, hot yoga, power yoga, uh, restorative yoga, uh, yoga sculpt. I'm really, really excited to offer yoga sculpt there. We're also offering mat Pilates. I do not have reformer Pilates in the studio. I have mat Pilates, so it'll be heated mat Pilates and non-heated mat Pilates. Um, but then in addition to Pilates, I am going to be offering what we are calling cardio sculpt. And it is rooted in Pilates, but it's not a Pilates class. Um, it's like, the best way I can explain it, it's like a hit class meets a bar class, meets a sculpting class, meets a toning class, meets Pilates, all kind of formed together. It's called Cardio Sculpt. It's a, it's a quicker paced Pilates flow in class. I need to figure out my wording of this a little bit better because it's actually the first time I'm explaining it to anyone. So bear with me here. Um, the best way I can explain it, it's just a faster paced, uh, toning class that's rooted in Pilates, but it is low impact, high reps. And, um, I guess that's where you kind of lose the whole Pilates-esque and really where the more bar comes into it. But either way, it's like if Hit and Bar had a baby that was rooted from Pilates, this is like what it would come of. And yeah, so it's faster paced and it's going to be in a heated room and it's really about sculpting and um, strength training and uh, all done in a low impact format. So I'm really excited to offer Cardio Sculpt. We're also going to be doing low impact toning classes. So like strength training, but without heavy, heavy weights. Um I'm really excited for that. A lot of body weight toning and things like that. So I'm so excited for this new studio in Avalon, New Jersey for Stride Sea Isle. I have been teasing this on my TikTok, on my Instagram, and a lot of you guys have already caught on and I'm really excited and happy about that. And there has been really awesome, positive um feedback on it. So I I could not be more excited for all of my local girls that are listening to this and are really excited to hear about this. You can share memberships between Sea Isle and Avalon. My Phoenixville location does not share memberships between the two, but my Sea Isle and Avalon locations, you can share memberships and credits between the two studios. And um, I'm going to be doing a sale very soon on class cards and things like that. So you guys can stock up for the summer. Um, just follow my Instagram at Tori Sterling underscore and at Stride Sea Isle. Um, I'll have it linked down below if you guys want to be in the know about class cards and the sales and things like that and any more details. So I've I've just been over the moon, but that's also why I've been down at the shore a lot because I've just been doing, um, I've been setting up that studio and uh, just getting things ready for the summer down there. So that's just been really fun and really exciting. And I've just been I've been loving it. So I'm so excited. So yeah, now I have three locations down at the shore and four locations total, which is so 
wild, but I think I'm good. Like I think I'm, I'm tapped out and I think I'm really sound and very happy with, with where I'm at with stride sea isle and and everything like that so i feel really good about it so two in sea isle one in avalon new jersey and i couldn't be more excited i'm so excited i'm so excited so get ready yoga and pilates in avalon new jersey with stride i can't wait and this yeah the first time i'm announcing it so that's really exciting too um with that i like i said i've been traveling a lot more down to the beach just to get everything set up and that's been really nice and that's also another reason why i'm like so grateful to be at my parents because if i was traveling all this time i would be like okay i'm paying this high rent for what like just to not even be here like because i'm at the beach a lot now so that's also why my podcasts have been a little like i'm trying to create a new schedule while i'm like in between two places, like I'm either here or I'm at the beach and it like all my equipment to podcast is here, but I'm at the beach during the week, which is normally when I would podcast. So I've been trying to adjust a little bit. So excuse me as I kind of find my groove. Um, with that, I also wanted to throw this out there and this is for anyone. Would you guys be interested if the studio in Avalon were was live streamed meaning like you guys could take classes as well or would you want on demand we have stride at home um but I haven't updated that in quite some time so if that is something that you guys would be interested in and you want to take like yoga classes with me or you want to take Pilates classes with my instructors or yoga classes with other girls that work at stride let me know because I can always live stream our classes. I can record our classes and put them on demand. So just let me know and um, I can make that happen because I would love for all of us to be able to access Stride and get all of our classes together. But yeah, let me know. Okay, let's see what else, what else? Um, High cortisol working towards lower cortisol. This is gonna be a whole podcast episode that I'm gonna do, but I feel like lately I've just been like living in a bit of a higher cortisol state of life. Um, And I'm really working to lower it back down. The signs for me are my face is puffy and I have a bloat that just doesn't go away. Those are always my tell signs, like my physical signs that I'm just a bit stressed out and I just have high cortisol. It could be because of the studio, but I, I, I don't think so. I just think it's like I haven't really let myself rest and I was supposed to be resting now, but then I signed a lease for a new studio, so I haven't been resting it began in the summertime. Like as soon as Stride CIL opened up in summer of 23, it's just been go, go, go. And then in the fall, I did the yoga teacher training and then I was supposed to rest in the new year. And then I signed this lease. So I've been traveling a lot back and forth to the beach, setting up this new business. And then before I know it, the summer is going to begin again and, and it all starts again. So I just need to like slow down a bit and not try to be everything for everyone and do it all like that's another reason why I'm really grateful that I'm at my parents because it 
it at least relieves like that financial pressure that I felt when I was living in an apartment or in a house or like not with my parents because it's like I have to you really do have to do everything for yourself so being here lets me really just breathe and be very intentional and like soft and in my feminine with that and that feels really nice and really nurturing honestly and I'm so 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 grateful um so that's been really nice to slow down in that aspect but that has also opened up other opportunities for me such as another studio so now owning and running four studios does get to be a lot so I'm really trying to lower my cortisol again And I'm going to make a whole episode about it once I feel like I've definitely done it. But the tell signs for me are my face gets puffy and I'm bloated. And I also just, I've put on like maybe five pounds. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but I know that those five pounds are like stress pounds. And um, I don't want to like talk about weight too much because it's pretty irrelevant. But for me, it's just like a, a sign of like, I have like nothing's changed other than more stress, but it's also good stress. Like I was at dinner last night with friends and we were talking about like what we wanted to accomplish in the next year. And I was like, honestly, like I'm just really at peace. Like I just feel really good. And that is true. Two things can exist at once, right? Like I can be kind of living like higher cortisol with a little bit of like lingering stress that I can't really pinpoint what it is but I can also feel really at peace and that's where I am. So it's like this limbo of like, how do I lower my cortisol again? And I think I know what the answers are and I'm going to save that for another episode because I don't have it figured out yet. And I want to do the episode when I say like I had high cortisol and this is what I did to lower it. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully that'll be soon because that would mean I figured it out, but I'm working on it and I'm a work in progress and no one's perfect and I'm not perfect. And yeah, I'm working to lower my cortisol again. Okay. Um, let's talk about reading. I asked you guys on Instagram, like what you guys wanted to know about. And I got a lot of stuff about reading, pop culture, and really just anything that I wanted to share. And considering that we are 45, even more minutes into this episode so far, I'd say we're doing pretty good. All right. Reading so far this year, you guys, I, I have not read a single book this year, not a single book. Maybe that's why my cortisol is high because I'm on TikTok too much. I am on TikTok way too much. Um, No, but I haven't read any like fiction books this year. I've been reading um, like the book clubs for Manifest. Like I read the 12 week year. I am currently reading The Creative Act, A Way of Being. And I've started three books and I've not been able to finish any of those three books that I started. They were all fiction. I began Akatar, but I just didn't have like the draw to really dive into it. So I just kind of paused that. I tried pucking around you guys. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. The reason that I couldn't do it is because it is actually like the smuttiest, dirtiest book I've ever read in my entire life. It was, it was too much for me. Like I liked icebreaker where it was spicy, but it was cute. You know what I mean? Pucking around. It was too like kinky for me. I don't know. It, it just wasn't my ideal book. So I, I couldn't finish it. 
I got to like the hookup scene in the club and I was like, I, the way that this author writes, like she would say, like she would say things like guzzling, filling my holes. Like I, I can't even like talk about it on the podcast. Like it's just too, it's too much for me. So it was just too like dirty for me, honestly. Like I just couldn't really get through it. Um, so I didn't finish that book. What other book did I begin that I couldn't finish? Oh, The Rose Code, which was sad because I liked it. I just have lost interest. I don't know. Like reading is just not, I'm not in my moment right now with reading. So it'll come back around. My mom, on the other hand, if you want to talk about a reading machine, let's talk about my mom. How many days are there this year? Let's see. 31 plus 25. What is 31 plus 25? I should be able to do that in my head. 56. Okay. There are... 50, there have been 56 days so far in the year. My mom has read 58 books. 58 books this year. 58 books this year in two months. 58 books. When I say she is reading at least one book a day, I am not exaggerating. My mom is always reading, which good for her. Good for her. Like it is the dream. I'm going to have her on and we will do like a whole book episode because she has the tips. She reads so much because she has a Kindle. And I think that really helps. So she saves a lot of money because she reads a lot on Kindle Unlimited. She also um uses the Libby app and she also takes advantage of stuff your Kindle day, which they offer it one, two, maybe three or four times a year where you can essentially stuff your Kindle with a bunch of either free or discounted books. So my mom will do that. Um, but yeah, 58 books, Mm -hmm. 58 books. She reads anything and everything, like whatever she can. And she'll read like, she's averaging like one book a day and she is, just a reading machine. So she doesn't even know the title. So I'm like, what book are you reading? She's like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know what it's called, but yeah, man, you want to talk about reading machine? Like she has crushed the reading goals. I really do wonder how many books she's going to read this year. Like, I wonder if she's going to slow down and steam or pick up in momentum. Like I, I, it could go either way, but yeah. Yep. You want to talk about reading? She's the girl to talk about. She like, she is book talk. Okay. She's read it all. And I told her, I was like, I was reading Pucking Round and I couldn't finish. My mom was like, oh my God, I read that too. I'm like, I'm not about to talk about a smut book with my mother, but I did, but I did. We talked about it. She finished it. Yeah. She told me how it ended. And I was like, okay, okay. Like I, I see where that was going. I had a little bit of a plot twist, not with probably what you think. I'm not going to spoil anything, but anyway. Um, yes, that's my reading journey so far. I will definitely have my mom on and we can do a book reading episode. Okay. And then the last thing that I want to talk about, which is probably going to take up a good bit of this episode is pop culture. I, I love pop culture. I do. I love pop culture. And I feel like for me, my life, I was talking to my friend today about we were just, we were sending voice memos back and forth to each other. And, um, I was talking about how my boyfriend went to a Bikram hot yoga class this morning 
and I was talking about yoga and I like light up when I talk about yoga and she was saying, she's like, I love when you talk about yoga because you just like, you light up when you talk about it and like, you really, you want to talk about it and like you get deep into it when you talk about it. And it's very true. I feel like that with yoga and I feel like that with pop culture. I love pop culture. I love Bravo. I love the reality TV TV of it all. Like I feel like I could have a whole other podcast about pop culture and maybe one day I will. Like maybe that's what my mini series is about. Like maybe it's not about wellness and spirituality or yoga at all. It's about freaking pop culture because I love talking about it. I really do. I love talking about it. I love listening to it. And I see a world in like where I where I speak on that and I just like talk about it because it really interests me. But I want to talk about pop culture a little bit because it's floating around and I freaking love it. So I want to talk about it. All right, let's first begin with what do I want to begin with? Do we want to talk about love is blind? Do we care? Okay, let's talk about a little bit about love is blind. So my opinions are pretty like with the public. I pretty much agree with what everyone else is saying out there. Jimmy is, first of all, he does not look 27. I thought Jimmy was at least 35. Okay, so the fact that he is 27, which is the same age as my boyfriend, pretty much. My boyfriend's 26, but he's about to be 27. Terrifies me because I look at him and I'm like, oh my God, you look like so young to me. And then I see Jimmy and I'm like, you look like a grown man. Like, it's just so wild. He looks so much older than 27. And why is no one talking about that? Okay. That I need to get off my chest. Secondly, him saying to Chelsea that his lip hurt and that's why he couldn't say, I love you is so fucking funny. That is so funny. Like here he is having a perfect conversation and she's like and he like they're just having conversation 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 he's talking 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 talking. and as soon as she says like you don't say I love you he's like my lip hurts what do you want me to do (laughs) you don't kiss me enough my lip hurts what do you want me to do but he can do everything else but like he can't kiss her he can't love her because his lip hurts like that was so funny we also really need to talk about how his two best friends were girls of two years. I saw a TikTok that was like, her theory was that when Chelsea's screaming at Jimmy in the preview, like you fucked her, da da da, that's not about Jess, but it's about one of the girls, like one of his girl best friends. And that I completely agree with. I don't think it was Jess. I think it was definitely one of the girls and I got such a weird feeling. I was watching with my boyfriend and as soon as we were watching it and he was like, yeah, you're going to meet my friends and they're girls. I was like, they're girls. His best friends are girls of only two years. This is weird. This is weird. It's weird because like to have your best friends be of the opposite sex, they have to be so sibling-like of a friendship for there to not be like a threat when you're bringing in a significant other, let alone your fiance. So like I only know one person that has a, he's a guy and his best friend is a girl. And 
they have known each other their whole lives. And they hooked up because they were like, I guess they were like, we should just see what it's like. And they were like, that was so weird. We're never going to do that again. So all this is to say that like you, it's so weird to have just like a, a straight up platonic relationship of the opposite sex of only two years and have it be completely platonic. Like you really need to tell me that like they, none of them have ever had feelings for each other. That's why like, like I'm straight and my best friends are all girls. And it's because like, I don't look at them in a romantic way. They don't look at me in a romantic way. Like I'm not going to sit here and like, you know, dissect friendship because we all understand what friendship is. But Jimmy's best friends to be girls of only two years. That's like the biggest red flag ever. Like that's so weird. If my boyfriend introduced me to his best friends and they were girls, I would be like, I would have so many red flags screaming at me. Like you got to get out of there. It just, it just says a lot. So like, I just thought that was the weirdest, weirdest, weirdest thing ever and then in the preview when she was like yelling at him about having sex with someone I really do think it was one of those girls and not about Jess um I feel like everyone's giving Chelsea a really hard time I just don't think she should have went on a reality tv show about finding love because I think I'm not gonna like assume things about her and judge her but I just think she needs to be a bit more like secure in who she is before she goes on a reality show and opens up like the floodgates of like the court of public opinion. That must be really tough to go through. And you can't compare yourself to look like Megan Fox when you aren't Megan Fox. Like even if you look exactly like Megan Fox, no one can ever be Megan Fox. So like just keep the comments to yourself. Don't put that on TV because Megan Fox is like, Everyone views her as one of the most gorgeous women in the world. So you just set yourself up for failure from the beginning. Even if you are her doppelganger, unless you are Megan Fox, do not say you look like Megan Fox. That's just like a rule for anyone because everyone is attracted to Megan Fox. So that was just, that's a tough hurdle for her. She just had such a high expectation with that line and then no one can ever deliver, even if you are her to win you just shouldn't do that so that's that was tough I just feel like that comment just like made them doomed um and also like when are we going to give up the social experiment being physically attracted to your partner is a huge part of a relationship it can come over time like that's why a lot of fantastic relationships start as friendships because they start platonically and then over time, when you get to really know someone, you then can become physically attracted to them. Happens all the time. But that's exactly it. The second half of that, you become physically attracted to them. Physical attraction is a really big part of a relationship. You have to be physically attracted to who you're dating. So this like, you can be really bonded with someone for sure. But that doesn't mean you have to be in like a relationship where you are physical with them. And like you, you you know what I mean? Like, So I think the show maybe has like the experiment has not worked. And, and I I truly believe that because I don't think this experiment works now that I'm saying this out loud. 
all of the couples that have gotten married and have stayed together have worked because they have a great emotional relationship with one another, but they also were attracted to one another. Like when they met in their reveal, they really like, they were like, I like what I see. Like I'm physically attracted to you. And all of the couples that have failed, it's not because of their emotional levels. And sure it might be, but it's also because like at the end of the day, they weren't necessarily attracted to one another. And that's okay. Like you have to be attracted to your partner. Like it really is a big part of a relationship, not the most important thing, but it definitely plays a factor. Like to say that it's not a thing in a relationship really is like not true. It's definitely a big thing. So that needs to be part of it. Um, So love is not blind. Okay. Love is not blind. I also think this experiment just sets people up for failure because when you're in the pods, people go into it looking for like perfection, right? From the other person. And they kind of get that. Like the other person says exactly what they want to hear and they communicate really well in the pods because that's the only thing that you can do in the pods is talk and communicate. And then as soon as they get out of the pods and they're confronted with real life and real life happens, and let's remember real life is not perfect. As soon as imperfect things happen to what felt like a perfect situation with the perfect person, a lot of fights inevitably are going to happen because life is not perfect. So as their illusion of perfection gets shattered, they just think, oh, well, this is never going to work. It's just a really bizarre show because it's, it's like really set up to fail because no one's perfect. Life isn't perfect, but they're put in these situations of perfection to where they attain perfection. And then they're just ultimately disappointed. So it really is a flawed show with its whole, its whole concept and everything. Um, but Hey, to each their own, a lot of people this season just seem to want to go on to get famous. So do your thing. Um, what else do I want to, I don't really know the people's names, Amy and Johnny. I just feel bad for them because they're like petrified to have a kid, Johnny more so than Amy. And I just want to like educate Johnny on how pregnancy happens because you can only get pregnant one day out of your cycle and they could track, like you don't have to go on hormonal birth, hormonal birth control and also condoms. Um, but it also just makes me wonder like what happened? Like, I feel like something happened. Like, did he get someone pregnant before to like, I just don't know. Like he's just has such a, a stern reaction of like, a, he's like terrified of having a kid, which I think is a big deal breaker in a marriage or in a relationship or something like that. Um, other than that, that's all I really have to say about them. Clay and AD. I don't really have anything to say about them if I'm being totally honest. Um, I see them working. I also see them not working. They're just like a good couple in my eyes. He's just a little all over the place. I saw another TikTok that was like, it was giving I'm the prize when Clay was like the guy. Like how Simone Biles' husband was like, I'm the prize, but it's like you're literally dating Simone Biles. Like she's the prize. I think Clay thinks he's the prize when AD is quite literally the prize. So um, that I could see. Um, I don't know. Jury's out on them. Like I could see them working and I could also see them not working. I also just thought that that weird like lunch with AD and 
Clay's parents and stuff or Clay's mom and sister. I just thought like Clay's mom was less, like so team Clay, obviously because it's his mom. But it was weird. It was just a weird lunch. It was a weird lunch. So jury's out on them. Who else is there? Oh, Jeremy and Laura. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone has said it perfectly. She she handled that like a boss. And I knew Jeremy was living with a woman. Like, guys, we have to be honest with ourselves here. We saw Clay's house, right? That's a man cave. Like, that is a guy that is a true bachelor, lives alone, does not have the woman's touch. He's just a guy. Then we see Jeremy's house. It's impeccable. It is super clean. He has four coordinated bar stools. He has gold silverware. Like that house screamed woman's touch. Come on. We all knew that something was going on there. Like I said it to my boyfriend. I was like, I say boyfriend so weird and so fast. I sometimes say boo friend, like boyfriend, boyfriend, <laughs> my boyfriend. I said it to him. I was like, we all know that that house has a woman living in it, right? Like he's not fooling anyone. He's not fooling anyone. Um, So that was like a dead giveaway. His house was so, like a woman has cooked there for sure. Um. So I'm not surprised. Who else is there? I know I'm missing a couple. Kenneth and Brittany. Justice for Brittany. She is just the sweetest. I also think Kenneth was also very sweet. I just don't think they're suited for one another. And he was addicted to his phone. Which that's what I mean. Like in the pods, those are the things you don't think about. You don't think to ask. Like, are you addicted to your phone? Like, what do you do in your free time? Like, it's just these things that you don't think about and that you don't notice until you like live with someone in real life. And I'm sure like if she met him in real life and went on one date with him and that's what he was like and was on his phone the whole time, like they probably wouldn't have went on a second date. So it's just a weird system. It's a weird concept. It's like flawed from the beginning. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone this season is going to get married, honestly and truthfully. And um, yeah, that's just my opinions. Okay. Let's talk about Housewives of Salt Lake City because Monica carried this whole season and them firing her, big mistake, big mistake. I think it's a big mistake because number one, she brought life to a dying franchise. Salt Lake City was a good franchise. I always enjoyed it, but they really messed up by not talking about Jen Shaw as much as they could. I, I don't like Mary because I just find her rude. Like I know a lot of people think she's really funny and she's like comic relief. I, I don't, maybe I just don't get her humor, but I just find her comments to be very rude most of the time. And they're like, out of left field and they're very unwarranted, but like she walks around kind of on this pedestal of like, I can say whatever I want because I'm either not a full cast member or I don't know what it is, but like she just has this like entitlement about her where it's like she can just say whatever she wants. So I personally just find it kind of rude. I'm on YouTube. I'm going to run out of my memory card space. So if you're watching on YouTube, I apologize, but on the audio version, we're still good to go. So I just find her kind of rude. Um, and I just don't understand her humor. So when people are like, oh my God, I live for Mary. I love Mary. I 
don't feel the same way. Like she doesn't want to participate in the group activities. She like demands to be driven around to like go get McDonald's because she doesn't like the food that they're serving. And it's like, okay, so why are you participating in the show then? I just maybe don't get it. Um, so I really like the cast with Monica and when they let go of Monica, I was really sad because I thought that she brought a lot to the show. Yeah, it was weird that you hire a troll account to come onto the Bravo housewife realm, but she brought a lot and she owned it. Like they kept saying like, own it, own it, own it. And she did like, she didn't lie. If there's one thing Monica doesn't do, it's lie. She does not lie. She says it how it is. She holds her ground and she says she stands on her business. And that's always what they say. Like we want someone that just won't lie, won't lie to us. And then we can move on. She's never lied. She's maybe, yeah, omitted stuff from the truth, but when confronted with it, she's always given the facts. She's owned up to everything that she's done and she still gets like fired from it. And it's like, she brought the spice. Like she really did bring like what housewives needed. So I found that to be a bit sad. And if the argument against that is going to be that like the girls needed to bond and they've always had a villain of Jen and now that Jen's not there, like they needed to like bond from and heal from the trauma of Jen. Monica like was a trigger to that. I can understand that. However, Monica gave them a really good season. And I think Heather got a lot of the like promo of that because she had the receipts, proof, timeline, fucking everything. But she only had that moment because Monica gave it to her. So with that being said, Monica should stay. I also have a totally different outlook on Angie than I did in the beginning. I used to think Angie was really boring and brought nothing to the show. Um, I still kind of stand by that. I don't think she really brings a lot, but I now view Angie as like one of the sweetest women. I really do. I think she is so kind and I think she is so nice and I think she really does have like a heart of gold and I think she is just such a sweet woman and she wanted to get on the show. She got on the show and she's just doing what it takes for her to stay on the show. So like she'll get in the fights. She'll be, you know, part of the drama. But I really think at the end of the day, like she is a genuinely nice person and she is someone that like I would genuinely want to be friends with because I think she's really sweet. And, um, I really do just like hope the best for her. i like, I genuinely like her as a person. I also really like Whitney. I think Whitney brings a lot to the show. I think she's also very sweet at her core. Um, I think she's really unapologetically herself. She also is someone that when you hold her feet to the fire, she always owns up to things. Does she stir the pot? Yeah. But let's not forget, like, this is a reality show. Like, it's heavily produced. Like they want the pot to be stirred because they want drama. So yeah, she stirs the pot, but she brings it and she owns it. And I also think she is a really kind woman at the end of the day. And she's cool. Like she's layered. She's fun. She's unapologetically her. And I did not like Whitney at all season one and like half of season two. I thought she was weird and boring, but now I really like her. Um, She's one of my favorites. So I really do like Whitney. I really like Angie as a person. I could honestly go without Angie on the show, but as a person, I think I really like her. Um, Heather, I have never been the biggest fan of because I just feel like she 
is lost and kind of insecure as a person because she'll just sort of become whoever she is needed to be at that moment. So I would love for Heather to go on like a soul searching journey and really see who see who she needs to become because she seems like she was raised a certain way by the church and she was who they wanted her to be and that's who she was. She was this perfect, in her words, perfect Mormon girl, then a, a perfect Mormon wife and then a perfect Mormon mother. And then when she got divorced, that's kind of when the show began for her. So then she just became this housewife and Jen Shaw's like sidekick when Jen didn't even like Heather, which was sad to watch that happen. Like she, Heather's always just become who other people have needed her to be. And I think for that reason, she's never been my favorite because I just want to know like who she is genuinely, but I also don't know if she knows who she is genuinely. And again, this is just reality TV talk. Like none of this could be true. And let's just remember all of that. But I would love for her to like find herself and come into herself. And if we could see that next season, I think that would be really great for for Heather. But she's just never been my favorite because she's always just been who the group has wanted her to be or needed her to be, or she's just always become someone like she just doesn't have like a defined center. It feels like, like she just will be whoever you want her to be in that moment. Um, and I also, I just didn't understand the, the argument between her and Lisa of Lisa, not wanting Heather to be involved in Jack's mission, because why, why would she like, Heather wrote a book and has made her whole brand about being anti-Mormon and, you know, going against the church. So why would Lisa invite someone like that when her son is going on a mission for that church? It, it, it to me was clear as day of like, you wouldn't invite someone that's so against this to celebrate this. To me, it made perfect sense. But to Heather, she, again, she just doesn't, she just wanted to be included and that's where it's like, okay, so where do you fall in everything? Like, what, what's your defined center? Like, what do you stand for? You can't, you can't stand for nothing because then you fall for everything. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of how I how I feel with Heather. Like, she'll she'll stand for anyone, which means you you fall for everything. Um, let's see what else. Lisa Barlow. I've always liked Lisa Barlow. Honestly, like, I don't know what could make me not like Lisa Barlow. She's just always been herself and she's just glamorous and she's fun. And I love that she's doesn't, that she's natural. And I just love her. Like she's just so her. I just, I, I've always really liked her. She, is she extra a hundred percent, but does she own it a hundred percent? Like I just really like Lisa. Um, always have Meredith has changed so much since season one. I don't know if she's changed as a person or maybe we just saw a different personality from season one, but I just feel like Meredith is so, I don't want to say hypocritical because it sounds like a harsh word, but it kind of is like the right term to be used because let's like talk about what was going on this season with Sean. Like she was going after Sean's sexuality when Jen Shaw went after her son Brooks's sexuality and she lit Jen Shaw on fucking fire for that as she should. She lit him on fire, but then she's going to go and do the exact 
same thing to Angie. And everyone was putting that on Monica when that was never Monica's thing. Everyone was like, Monica at the reunion, they were like, well, Monica put it on TV. No, she didn't. Meredith did. Meredith put it on TV by saying, you want to go there with the husbands? Because we can go there with her husband. We knew exactly what she was insinuating from the second she said that. We all knew because of how the show set it up. Like the show was leading us to think one thing. Meredith then brought it to light. And then Monica was the one that said the rumor out loud. That is not on Monica. That is on Meredith. So for Meredith to do the exact same thing that she lit up Jen Shaw about, rightfully so, is so wrong and so hypocritical. And yet Meredith won't be touched for it. And that's why I'm glad Lisa lit into Meredith on the boat and was like, you do this to everyone and I'm sick and tired of it because it's so true. She does it to everyone and she always gets away with it because she's Meredith Marks and like they let her get away with it. So I'm glad Lisa held her feet to the fire because that wasn't, and that wasn't even about that. That was about Angie being in the mafia. Here's the thing. If she is in the Greek mafia, okay. And what about it? And literally what about it? Okay. So they're in a family business. <laughs> Have, and has anyone seen the Godfather? You're in a family business. Okay. So like it, it was just like a season of nothing. Like they're just pulling out of thin air to get like drama. And then Monica comes in, gives them a gorgeous storyline, which of course they don't hit until the finale. And then she gets fired for it. It's like, again, okay. Now maybe I sound hypocritical because I just said, if you stand for nothing, you fall for everything. True. Bravo can't like really stand and have like a troll account on their casting because then you just fall for everything. But they also knew the whole time. Like I know on the reunion, Andy was like, we didn't know, we didn't know, we didn't know. But Monica's like, yeah, you did. I told you guys at casting at my house. They obviously knew. They do background checks on these people. They have to. They have to. It's a reality TV show that we're talking about. Whenever they say like, we didn't know, I feel like that's a lie. They have to know. It, like it's literally someone's entire job in the Bravo world to do background search and know who they are getting on their show. They have to, they have to. And they just can't keep putting the blame on like a solo person because they are network backed. And the per, who, whoever like that singular person is just doesn't want to come forward and say it like they have to. Um, so they have to know who they're hiring and casting. And of course, if Monica said that she told them, I believe it because Monica doesn't lie. She, she really doesn't. She, uh, she owns it. And that's how she gets in these situations because she owns up to the shit that she does. And she does pretty wild shit. Like I would never do the shit that she does, but she does it and she owns it. And that's why it's good TV. So I think they should bring Monica back. I don't think that they should fire her. Um, okay. So like City, did I miss anyone? If I did, they were boring to me. Let me think. Angie, Meredith, Lisa, Heather, Whitney, Mary. Yeah, I think I got everyone. I would like Mary if she just actually wanted to participate. It's not that I don't like Mary as a person. I just don't like her humor. And I don't think that she's a good fit for the show because she literally doesn't want to participate with the girls. She doesn't like the girls. She doesn't like what the show does. So like, why are you on the show? She doesn't like any part of the show. So why are you on the show? You know what I mean? Um, but my mind can always be changed. Okay. Beverly Hills. Um, honestly, I'm bored as always of Beverly Hills. 
Um, it's uh, This was a better season than years past, but I've just been bored of it. Um, Kyle gave us nothing. We got more from Mauricio's show, uh, what Selling Beverly Hills, whatever it's called, on Netflix. We got more from that than we did the entire season of Beverly Hills. It's just another boring season, honestly. It really is. I don't know why they're bringing Kathy into the reunion. Like it, it, just, it just doesn't make sense. She wasn't even on the show. I don't know. I'm just bored. I'm always bored with Beverly Hills. Like I am. Like they're untouchable, it feels like. And they're too like classy and high class and like highbrow to like get down and dirty with the others. Um like in other franchises. So I don't know. I'm just bored of Beverly Hills, but I will always watch it. Um, yeah, I just kind of feel like they need a recast because it's boring. Like I want to see like the wealth that we are getting from like Sutton is awesome. Like the $300,000 a month in alimony. That's what I'm talking about. Like that's the wealth that I want to see the stuff that I can't even wrap my head around, like being that fucking rich. That's what I, that's what I want to see. Kyle running out SoFi Stadium, that's the wealth that I'm looking for. Denise Richards, you were married to Charlie Sheen. Bring it on. I want to hear more about that. Dorit, I I like Dorit. She's just like going through some stuff financially. Get off the show. Oh, that's another thing with Monica. She was not rich enough to be on the show, which is fine, which is fine. But it's also not your show then. It's not your show because it's about the wealthy. We... Like it's literally about the wealthy. That's why the show began. And that's why we all like it because it's unattainable. It's not relatable. Like we get to just go into fantasy land and be like, oh my God, we can almost laugh at the struggles of these rich women. You know what I mean? Like that's what the show is about. So we don't need the sob story of like, I can't relate to you guys buying, you know, Chanel bags and wearing only designer clothes because all of us relate to that. We don't need the voice of reason on the real housewives. That's why we watch the real housewives to watch unattainable wealth. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that little rant that I just had. But, um, yeah, Beverly Hills. I really enjoy seeing how freaking rich they are. They are just stupid rich. And that's nice to see. Um, what else went on the season? I love Erica. I will always love Erica in her redemption era, love Erica. I still want like a whole, I want a show of just like Rena and Erica. Um, Garcelle, I, she always just like kind of flies under the radar for me. She never does anything too crazy. Her and Dorit always get into it. I feel like I just don't think the two of them get along. Um, Garcelle is a good addition to the show, but for me, she's always just like there. She never does anything beyond standout-ish for me. Same with Crystal. Anne-Marie was fine. I just don't think she's going to be asked back because she also wasn't bringing like the extreme wealth. And she just made her whole personality going after Sutton and her small esophagus, which I thought was weird and a reach and boring and unoriginal. Like everyone that comes in has beef with Sutton. So let's try and do something else. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like there's not much to say other than this was a boring season as it always is. And Kyle and Mauricio gave us nothing as they always do. So like it was just predictable. It was boring and I'll keep watching it, but yeah. Mid performances from everyone, to be honest, 
great performances. All right, let's talk about a show that absolutely needs to be canceled. And this will be the last thing that I talk about because this is a rather long episode. And that is Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rules has got to get off air. It has got to go. Here's why it has to go. Number one, they all hate each other. When you have a cast that all hates each other, how do you genuinely expect for there to be a show made? And I don't blame Ariana, Ariana, did I say Ariana? That's weird. I don't blame Ariana for putting boundaries and space between her and her ex-boyfriend of 10 years that cheated on her with one of her best friends. I do not blame her one bit for not wanting to hang out with him, not wanting to see him, not wanting to have mutual friends with him. I don't blame him in the least or blame her in the least bit. Here's what I will say. Her attitude is not making her look good. I really want Ariana to be as sweet as peaches and just the kindest soul because it would just make her look even better in the long run. But her being so like sharp is making it hard to like, it's just making it hard to watch because I so badly want to be like, team Ariana. And I am because what he did, like you just, you don't do that to your partner. Like you just, you don't do that. But she's making it so like, she's just, she's so sharp. And I just wish she would soften a little bit because it it would make her look better in the long run. And I want her to look as good as possible. Genuinely. Um, with that being said, I think Tom's angle, and mind you, I think we're on the fourth or fifth episode, like wherever we are, February 25th, that's where I'm talking of because I don't know anything that comes after this. I think Tom bringing his mental health in as his way of getting back in the group is a cop out. And here's why I say that. All the group has been saying is we want you to own up to this and to really apologize. And then we will let you back in the group. Like we will hang out with you again. Like you will have a chance to redeem yourself. All he has to do is own up to it and apologize. He will not do that at all. So much so that his way of like getting back in the group that he so badly wants to be in for whatever reason is that he will use the angle of his mental health. And look, I don't at all disagree that he probably is really, really struggling mentally. And I really empathize with that. To have the whole world hate you is a feeling that none of us are accustomed to. And I hope none of us ever feel like that in our life because that must be a really dark and really sad and really lonely feeling. And I, I truly wish it on no one. So when he says he's struggling, I believe it. And I do have a lot of empathy for his struggle. However, he is the one that got himself in that situation. And he is the one that is not doing himself any favors to get him out of the situation. All he has to do is own up to it and apologize and like really you know, say like, I messed up and I'm working on changing and being a better person. And hopefully my actions can show you that. But instead he goes on like special forces to redeem himself when people literally just want an apology. He has the angle of, well, my mental health is really bad. So I need people to be nice to me. Otherwise I'm going to, you know, KMS and like that is a really manipulative angle to take. And look, I'm not saying it's not true, but I'm saying 
all they want is an apology and he won't do that. So he's taking any other angle that he can to like avoid an apology, which is really insane behavior. So yes, his mental health is very important, but he's still missing the point of it. And that's what people are saying. Like you just still aren't getting it. So for him to take this angle is just bizarre. And I don't blame Ariana for wanting distance between her and her ex-boyfriend when he did, when he really hurt her. Now, did Tom do a horrible thing? Yes. But is it unheard of? No. People cheat all the time, as unfortunate as it is. People cheat with people's best friends all the time, as unfortunate as it is. It happens. It helps. I do agree that like the crime, sorry, the punishment doesn't really fit the crime. It seems like a really cruel and long drawn out like process and punishment that he's getting from this. But he also did it to himself. Okay. Let's like not forget. He literally did this to himself. No, no one forced him to do this with Raquel. And um, you can't really expect to be on a show with your friends of 10 years when you single-handedly destroyed your whole friend group. And then you do nothing to get it back other than manipulate through, like weaponize mental health when all they want is ownership and an apology and you won't give that. So that's where I'm like, we got to give and take here a little bit. Like Tom, you have to step up and just do what they want if you want their good graces again. And then the group will empathize with you. Like they are human beings. Like we all are human beings. We all have empathy at the end of the day. We don't want anyone to do anything horrible. Like we truly, honestly do not want that. Of course not. Um, and I just think, you know, if Tom really wants to be on the show, he can, he just has to do the, the right steps to do it. And I think if Ariana really wants to be on the show, she can, but then they both have to understand like, you're filming a show together. You're going to see each other. You have to have an agreement with one another. And if they don't want that, then one of them has to bow out and it should probably be Tom. But Ariana's not really giving us redemptive qualities and neither are Tom. And the rest of the cast, they literally aren't friends. Like they literally don't get along. Like Katie and Ariana do their own thing. Tom and Tom are like weird right now. Tom and Katie are weird. Tom and Ariana are not friends. Tom and Lala are not friends. Like Tom and um, James are not friends. Uh, Like are any of them friends? No, they're not. Like the show just needs to be done. It needs to be done. It's worse now than it was before Scandal it needed to really be well thought out. I think when Skin of All happened, the thought process was we need to get the next season out ASAP because you got to strike while the iron is hot, but there is no thought process into going on. There has been nothing going on in the past four episodes. And I don't even talk about Sheena because Sheena is so irrelevant because Sheena just makes everything about her. She's like, Skin of All affected me the most. Really? Really? Okay. I just have so many thoughts on Vanderpump Rules and it just needs to end. Lisa is so irrelevant on the show. The whole show started with them working at Sir and Lisa was their boss and that's why Lisa was on the show. Now, none of them work at Sir. Lisa is none of their bosses. She has zero purpose being in the show and it's named after her. Like the show just needs to be done. It needs to be done. It it it's just it's over. You either restart with a whole new cast at Sir once again 
or you move on. But also like the whole thing was like, Sir was like this sexy place, right? Like she always said, like, it's where you bring your mistress. Like it's a sexy place where Lisa was like walking around like her pumps and her tight body dresses. And like Stassi was like hooking up with like the whole restaurant and Jax was too. And like, it was just like, they were all sleeping with each other. It was like this very like funny group to watch. They were all young and they were all hot freaking messes. And Lisa was like, I can't stop my staff from sleeping with one another. Like it was a really good show concept. It couldn't be farther from that right now. Lisa is aging and she's much older than she was when the show started as she should be. That's how nature works. She's killing it. But like, it's not the same show it was, and it just needs to be done. It needs to be done. It should have ended three seasons ago when everyone like bought their Valley Village houses, and like it should have just been done then. Um, there needs to be a new cast. There needs to be a new show, or it just needs to be done. So those are my opinions on Vanderpump Rules, and I, um, yeah, I just don't, yeah. So that's what I mean. I could like talk about pop culture forever. And I really need to end this episode because it's been an hour and a half and you guys are probably not even listening. So if you guys made it this far, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to wrap up this episode. Happy Manifest Monday, guys. This was a long one. We chatted, we caught up, and I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. I love you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your Monday. Um, And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Hey guys, it's Cheyenne Davis. You may know me from MTV's Teen Mom OG or Think Loud Crew podcast. I'm here with my dad, Papa Floyd, to tell you about our new podcast, Unfiltered Kitchen. The kitchen is the hub of the household for many of us. The one-stop shop for conversations both big and small. Cheyenne and I have been having open conversations about all aspects of life in our kitchen since well before she was able to see over the counter. And now we're inviting you into our own kitchen as a part of the family. Unfiltered Kitchen is a two-way street. I share my advice on cocktails, cooking, parenting, and the lessons I've learned. And I inform my dad what it's like to raise kids today, how generational barriers affect us, and the joys of being a daughter. Well, your daughter. Get ready for a whole lot of unfiltered advice. You can take it or leave it, but you're never going to leave this table feeling hungry for more. Listen to Unfiltered Kitchen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Devin Werkheiser. I'm Lindsay Shaw. And I'm Daniel Curtis Lee. And we are the hosts of Ned's Declassified Podcast Survival Guide. Ever wonder what happened to Ned Mose and Cookie? Well, we're back. We helped you guys survive middle school. And now we're helping you survive adulthood. On Ned's Declassified Podcast Survival Guide, we are re-watching episodes. Bringing you special guests like Coconut Head and Janitor Gordy. And catching up on the last 15 years. We're talking about everything from dating mishaps. To mental health and maintaining friendships. And asking the question, how? How do we survive adulthood? Maybe we don't always have the answers. But we're going to figure it out together. Come join us. So pause that podcast you're listening to and subscribe to Ned's Declassified Podcast Survival Guide. On Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.